0: Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. The following episode is part of a live event from Giving Tuesday that Paul and Rebecca were a part of. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Guys, this is all about our, our, our hope and our future of we're walking alongside these people. And we want to be able to see these individuals become disciple-making communities, become the di- multiple disciple-making communities and teams. See churches mobilized, and see you know uh, cities be transformed because they're going out to do good works and to engage the lost as they're doing the good works, and start discovery groups that will multiply in and throughout their community and reach. All of those things, and so we have a quick uh, testimonial. We'll talk a little bit at, uh, further about our vision, and then we're, we'll bring on our good friend. So uh, here's a quick video from uh, someone in our current class, at CDM.
2: Through contagious disciple making, I've really just been learning so much um, through the CDM classes. Paul and Beck have created such a great learning environment. Um, through the CDM coaching, uh, Paul has created such a safe space um, where I feel like I'm just not judged for any question or any comment that I make. Um, he's taken the time to get to know me as a person, and he's also allowed me to get to know him um, as well. Uh, he never has a one-size-fits-all answer. He takes everything in context. Um, he takes my personality and my character, um, into account, um, with every situation. Um, as we know, people are not the same. And so every situation is not the same. So I really appreciate, uh, his wisdom, um, in applying that. And what's that, what that's done, uh, for me personally is that it's accelerated, um, my journey as a disciple maker. And it's really just accelerated, uh, probably the rate at which I will make disciples. Um, I'm only two months into this and I am much further along than I thought that I would ever be. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the kingdom spread in my area here. Um, and I have faith and I have no doubt that God will work um, through these principles that I'm learning here. Um, so when you partner with CDM, you become a, a part of stories like mine. So would you please consider giving to CDM this Giving Tuesday? Thank you.
1: So, guys, I want to be able to, to share with you, like, this is this is where we want to be able to see CDM go from here. So as these, we want to see hubs. First off, this is a map of all the different countries that we are coaching in at this particular time. And we want to see um, all these different areas uh, and as well as more to develop hubs So, again, to have a disciple making team in every major city, state, province and country in the world, we want to see these disciple making teams reach all of the people, lost people around them. And we know that as we do this, we're going to be able to form partnerships together and to be working together to raise prayer and to send teams in and out amongst each other and to again, that whole raising tide raises all ships, the rising tide raises all ships. And so uh, that's what we want to see as we look forward in the future. But what are next steps in that? So as we look specifically into next year, what we want to be able to do is really solidify these forming hubs and add more team to be able to help more people. You know, Paul and I help a lot of people right now. We have, you know, over 80 people that we currently coach in disciple making as well as the expanding community around them. That's just the people we coach directly. That doesn't represent the people that they're coaching and they're leading as well. So we want to be able to add more coaches, more community builders, and more production team to be able to help us be able to, to expand and to do the work that we're doing. Also, some of you guys have been inv- are familiar with our prayer app. And uh, that is, uh, you know, on our um, CDM app. And, and so what I mean is this prayer page. So that is with currently with Facebook right now. But right now that we have seen such the power of using technology to post prayer requests and then answer in the comments with actual prayers. And that has proved so powerful across all these various different, you know, uh, nations for people to practically and in real time keep each other updated day by day. Hey, I'm going to go talk to this person who doesn't know Jesus. I'm going to be doing this. Hey, I'm actually in this big problem. Could you pray for me? And we're just actively praying for one another, and we're seeing God bring answers to prayer and and break down barriers we've never seen before. So we now want to be able to take that and create our own customized prayer app that we can be able, we don't know what's going to happen with Facebook and all those different types of things, but we also have additional features that we know would be very helpful in mobilizing prayer and everything. And so we want to be able to have our own platform. We want to be able to see uh, more places develop and more people that we are helping in this particular regard. And so, guys, we're just, uh, we just want to be able to say that Will you please be a part of this vision? Will you partner with us to be able to see that happen? Go over to either contagiousdisciplemaking.com slash partner on, on our website, or you can go onto our app to give. We need partners. You know, these monthly partners allow us to be able to plan for the future like that. To be able to say, we can take on that project. We can take on that area. We can help those people And we can add more team members to be able to help those people. And so you help us be able to see that happen.
0: And we're getting to the point now, guys, that we're having to start waitlisting people for coaching. And that's not something that we want to do. When somebody comes to us and we sit and sits there and says, I want to be able to get coached. I would need you to be able to help me make disciples. We don't want to have to sit there and say, hey, you're going to have to wait for six months until we until a space opens up or I equip somebody to be able to help you. We want to be able to jump in right now and we need your
1: help. So guys, right now we're going to bring on a good friend of ours. His name is Jack McCarty. And uh, hey, Jack, how you doing today?
3: I'm doing very well. Thank you. How about your, sounds like y'all are doing fantastic.
1: Oh, well, you know, we're, we're coming on the end of this, this uh, marathon buddy. And so you're an awesome way for us to be able to close this thing out because I can tell you, Jack has been such a great friend, but also a courageous disciple maker. You know, Jack at the, when we uh, first met him, I know that he was, somebody who had retired after a few decades of being a pastor and in the ministry and everything but instead of retiring he decided to strap on a thrust vest so in other words those vests that they wear to protect you from from kniving and stuff like that and to go into a maximum security prison to be able to reach uh some prisoners over in amarillo texas and we're we have been so inspired and you know um and thankful for Jack and his friendship and being a part of his journey in that.
0: Yeah, when I grow up, I want to be like Jack.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so uh, you might want to rethink that. <laughs>
1: so so Jack, why the maximum security prison? Why go there?
3: Well, Hebrews 13.3, it tells us to remember the prisoner as though we were in the cell with him. Hmm. Well, also for decades, have felt uh, I have felt called to bring light into darkness and liberty to the captives. And I didn't know how literal to take that. I mean, I've seen a lot of deliverance ministry and stuff go on. And so I I thought that was it. But then I had an opportunity. Actually, I had a need to get insurance. So I got a job as a guard, (laughs) as an officer. And I got got insurance. Anyway, so I also got experience. And after a couple of years of that, then opportunity came along. And I, I really felt called to be a chaplain. So I was a chaplain for a couple of years. Well, I had tried a a number of chaplain positions, but the best one, my favorite one, is a, uh, excuse me, was a maximum security prison, which is second largest in the state of Texas, and it it's a whole lot bigger than most prisons. It's 3,800 prisoners. And out of those 3,800, probably 500 of them or so are not able to get out and walk around because they'll kill each other. Mm. If you open the door, they know who's got the tattoos or what gangs. They're still gang affiliated or whatever. And they will kill each other. Mm. So that's just a given. In fact, uh, since I've been on watch, we had one guy carelessly uh, mishandled and he ran out and grabbed the warden and picked him up over his head and body slammed him to the floor. And that was just because of carelessness on on an officer's side. But that's just the way they are on there. But some of those guys are very hungry Some of them are tired of being like that, and they really want to change. Now then, there's 3,300 more. Okay. Well, in that 3,300 more, uh, I had access to a whole, uh, well, nearly all of those. And uh, I remember Paul and David teaching that you start with the hardest first that the hardest seems to be the most productive. And so I asked another chaplain, I said, where's the hardest part? Obviously I can't get in with the gang guys. I can't get into the G fives. I can't, I can't have meetings with them. So where can I go? And they said, well, four buildings, the worst. So I said, really? I said, yeah, their lifestyle's bad. And, Even murderers come in as G3s. And then if they've done something bad since they've been in prison, like attack an officer or things that we're ashamed to talk about, then uh, they can become a G4. And then if they're still gang affiliated and likely to be a tremendous threat to each other, then they become a G5. Okay, well, I the G5s weren't totally out, but mostly. So I went to the G4s and I started right away. And I started praying about it right away. Next thing you know, I've got a guy that's about 6'4 and very athletic. And uh, he's on the phone with his grandma. And I heard him crying to his grandma. <laughs> you can't believe this guy is a monster. And yet He's crying to his grandma. I said, you know, I'm trying, Grandma. I'm, I, I've been going to church every chance I get. And, and, you know, I got baptized. And so whenever he hung up, I said, come on. You mean that? He said, yeah. I said, well, I can help you. I said, do you want to start Bible study with me? Well, he was a G4. He was one of those that a high risk individual i mean for me as a chaplain he's not supposed to be in the chapel he's not supposed to be in my office he's not suppo- i'm not supposed to be one on one with him in you know in a contained area at all and so i said you want to have bible study with me and he said i would love that next thing you know he's got two more guys next thing you know it turns out we've got seven groups We've got uh, three or four guys trained. Now these are. This is the part of prison where other volunteers just say, "I'm not going in there." You can go in there if you want to, but I even had a chaplain say, "I don't go in there." Mm
2: -hmm. But I
3: had, uh, but I felt like that's what God wanted me to do, and we did it. And in a year. From the time I really engaged into CDM and started working, trying to build it, any year in that prison, and starting with the very hardest ones, who had thirty-seven small groups every week, mm-hmm. and we had seven and eight guys in each one of those small groups because we ended up with over three hundred and ten. Uh, we had over three hundred and ten inmates doing. Bible studies. Well, there's a lot of paperwork and baloney because if you're going to have a room full of these guys, you have to either have a certified volunteer or a chaplain or an officer or somebody in there with them. You can't just have a meeting room full of guys, but I had sometimes 40 guys in there in eight groups of five and they each had a leader that knew how. Now, honestly, some of the guys who knew the process of doing the DBS weren't believers, but they were following the program because they knew if they didn't follow the program, Jack wouldn't let them keep coming. You know, so they had, And they had so much fun. In fact, oh, one of the other chaplains walked by a room full of these guys and they were laughing and carrying on. And picking on each other like, where'd you get that out of the scripture? Or, <laughs> come on, bring it back. You know, we're talking about this and you're talking about something your grandma believed 100 years ago. Come on. <laughs> and they were doing this with each other and laughing and having fun. And this other uh, chaplain said, I don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> but you're doing it right. But you're doing it right. Right. Well, Well, we ended up baptizing a lot of those guys, and I didn't baptize them. I tried training up leaders, and then the leaders baptized the guys that they brought to the Lord. So anyway, that's the way I believe.
0: You know, Jack, as you were talking, God brought a a passage of Scripture to mind that will be familiar to most of you, but I want to read it real quick because I'm not sure that we've ever read it in this light before. Um, it sits there and says, as you know, in Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As, I re- As you were talking about walking in the prison, God brought that to mind. That yeah. you're walking through the valley, the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. That's where God calls Christians to go. He doesn't call us to be comfortable. He doesn't. and the reason um, the reason our country is where it is right now is because we've been comfortable far too long, and we've forgotten that we need to walk in the darkest valleys. We need to bring the light and the darkness. and the promise is he will set a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Absolutely. He's- Goodness and His mercy will cover me, and I know it hasn't been easy for you, Jack. But I think you would agree with what
3: I just said. Amen. I, I totally agree,
1: Jack. I remember at the beginning of when we first met you, you had read "Contagious Disciple Making." You had gotten some initial training from a, a, a separate organization, and you had a few groups, uh, like two or three groups, that were kind of. It, I remember coming in and say, "Please pray because we're just having a hard time." <laughs> being able to 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 meet in everything and we leaned in a prayer together but that's where we started this journey together in this you know how how has our journey together helped you be able to see these kind of things happen in in your life
3: well two things one of them is the community and the prayer that goes along with that and being able just to say look I'm struggling you know, mm-hmm. this everywhere I turn is just turning on me. It's just not going well at all, and I need help. And people would pray, including you and Paul. But people, there's just a whole bunch of us, and then we'd see another opening, and I would pursue it. And sometimes the doors would close and the opportunities wouldn't happen. I'll say that even the people that do church and do the religious stuff aren't always for you here
1: mm, yeah right and
3: uh, so i i've had some opposition even from christian people and i don't want to criticize them i want to bless them and wish them all the best um mm. but i anyway the the value has been that i haven't been alone number 1 number 2 of course is the praying but the the coaching is so valuable I mean, because the paradigm shift of all this, it's such a paradigm shift. As you two guys know, I was a a proclamation evangelist for 40 years, and I'd seen hundreds of people come to Christ. At least I had seen hundreds of people pray with me to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. And then after 40-some years of looking back, on, I say, you know, Lord, here I am in my 60s, and where are they? Mm. And John uh, says, well, we're called to bear fruit and fruit that remains. And I said, where are they? I mean, I baptized a number of them, but where are they? And then, of course, there were those who would pray a prayer and then disappear, and they never even bothered to get baptized. Goodness. Goodness. And so you think, well, that was just my salesmanship or my ability to convince somebody to pray a prayer and make a decision that wasn't really from their heart. And I'm not judging them. We don't know what they are. All I can see for sure is is that where are they? And I couldn't find them. And so I realized I only had one bullet or so left in the gun to be, you know, valuable. In ministry, and so as I began seeking that, well, then that's when I ran into you guys, and uh, God has really blessed it, and I'm very grateful. And I still have many contacts with those leaders. Um, I probably sent out 30 letters today, but you know, the whole point is is that we're still interacting. We're still uh, praying for one another. We're still loving it and uh, working together. You know, and I'm very you know, grateful for that.
1: You know, Jack, I just remember that day in which, like I said, that you had those, you know, you were like, please pray for me because uh, and for our, our people, because we're just trying to get these discovery groups and they, things keep on happening. You had your, your windshield crashed in by random rocks and everything. Paul and I were actually going uh, through a lot during that time. But then we prayed for you and then we heard from you that it happened and went well. And, that, and we are just, yeah, like we were just like cheering along with you. And it, we just felt the rush of the joy of the Lord during that, that particular time. And throughout that year, because you leaned into allowing these people, these prisoners, these G4 prisoners to lead Bible studies with other people. That's how the multiplication happened. And uh, you were able to see that happen, and I remember that moment of being able to hear from you the tales of the baptisms that happened as a result. And let me tell you, Jack, if you only have one bullet, that's a really great bullet. And you know, and and I know that you have still more in the chamber, and no worries ah. on that. But but and but hey, we're here to help you through all to walk you through all those things too, and we're just so excited. To be able to see what God is doing, but we we are so happy to be a part of you in your journey, in that. Um, and so, Jack, you know, we're going to have to let you go. As we're coming at the end of our time, but thank you for coming and sharing your story. And we're just so proud to be a part of your journey.
3: Well, I plant the seed, but God grants harvest. Right? That's how <laughs> we do. Absolutely. Praise the Lord! Thanks, Thank Jack. you, Jack.
1: Thank Praise you so much. Lord. So, guys, you out there, again, you allow us to be able to walk alongside people like Jack. And what a wonderful friend he has been. And what a wonderful uh, disciple maker uh, to be a part of our community. And, you know, if it weren't for, for uh, you know, people like you, though, who could walk alongside of us to support that, uh, support us, we would not be able to do what we do. Paul and I eat, sleep and drink, seeing the kingdom happen here in North America and across the world. And we want to see it grow and we want to see it thrive. And we know that as we, as the body of Christ come together, we can see this vision happen. And you guys are the believers that will be able to see that happen. So thank you. Um, connect with us as we continue through the app and go and download the Contagious Disciple Making app. So you could be a part of all of our, future events, and also all the different resources that's on there.
0: Go on the app, connect with us, go on Facebook, go on YouTube. Let us know who you are. We want you to be a part of, of what what's going on in the United States and Canada and ultimately around the world. You don't want to miss this journey. And uh, there is a great community of adventurers out there who are determined to be a part of whatever it takes to see God's kingdom come and this will be done right where they are as it is in heaven. We want to populate heaven with friends that we met along the way. And that's what we're all about. And we're super excited that you're going to be a part of that too.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining our first live set event on our app. And we hope to have maybe in the future some more, but definitely you can always join us on our podcast. Uh, that is the CDM podcast. Find it at slash faithworks and also right there on the app. You can be able to search through all those and be able to learn and be along with us. Thank you so much and go and make disciples.
0: Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and supporting us on Patreon. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com or download the Contagious Disciplemaking app. Join us in the journey of becoming world changing disciple makers.